So, um, being that I might be uh, a little too deep in wasting my time with an exercise science degree at my uh, college, I was just wondering. It's kind of a, a couple things. Just as like a young. Well, I mean, let's let's talk about that. Do you think it's been a waste of time? Uh personally, no, not really. I mean, they were. What have you, you wanted? To, what do you want to do with it? I want to just be a strength coach. Have they helped you be a strength coach? So far, I think a little bit, yeah. All right. With just the basic stuff yeah, about just physiology. Yeah, the basic stuff, right. Right? Right. But are they going to provide you with anything specific to being a strength coach? No, probably not. I mean, in terms of programming for strength right. training, right. exercise, execution, mm-hmm. selection, that sort of stuff. And so that's kind of where the second part of my question comes in. As someone who's just trying to get into – Coaching, when did you find your focus kind of shift from your own training to maybe just focusing more on coaching? The day I bought the gym. It's a tremendous focusing mechanism. <laughs> Money. <laughs> got to pay the fucking rent here. <laughs> In order to do that, I got to have some clients. In order to get clients, I have to, you know, do a good job with them or they'll go home and tell everybody not to come train with them. And then what about any, like, uh, maybe specific books or anything just to read? Well, I used to read everything until I figured out that it wasn't helping me much. Uh, Yeah, I was a member. I don't know if you guys know this. I've written this before. I was a member of the first class that ever obtained the CSCS credential. Right. I believe that was in 1985 or 6. I can't remember when it was. And uh, I dropped it in 09. So for a very long time, I had the journals. Every month, I'd go through there and read the journals. Nothing in those journals helped me in the gym. I mean, how many creatine studies... Can you read in a, a year's worth of journal subscription and retain any semblance of sanity? <laughs> you know, and I'll in, in fact I'll tell you I'll tell you what 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 I read one time, and this is kind of the catalyst that uh, prompted me to do some of the some of the shit that you're familiar with. Uh, there was a uh, you know, 25 years ago, this periodization thing was just coming into into focus. And everybody was, it was the latest thing. And it was thought to be that, you know, everyone had to do periodization. Everything had to be periodized. Periodization, periodization, periodization. There was, a, there was an article published in the Strength and Conditioning Journal. Not the JSCR, but the Strength and Conditioning Journal. And I think that must have appeared in about... 99, 2000, 2001, I can't remember. Uh, It was a guy uh, who at the time was down in Denton. And he wrote an article. And it ended up being published as about like an eight-page article. And I shit you not, how to periodize your abdominal training. (laughs) No shit. How to periodize your abdominal training. And I read through that article and I said, this is crazy. 
This is absolutely crazy. These people have lost their minds. Here, I've been trying to train people for, you know, at the time, you know, 15, 20 years. And uh, this is crazy. This doesn't apply in the real world. Nobody periodize your ad. What does that even mean? <laughs> you know, you have one kind of sit up you do one during one part of the training cycle. And how in the hell does this apply to anything? So uh, that acted as a giant catalyst for me to, you know, I, you know, at some point you, the emperor has no clothes, that kind of thing. So I started kind of formulating some ideas about how am I going to, how am I going to address why this is stupid? So I had to start getting my thoughts together on it. Would you recommend right. going for the CSCS? I don't Just know why. Who can't pass the CSCS? Anybody with an exercise physiology degree automatically gets the thing, don't they? Has anybody ever graduated from your program that has failed the CSCS? I don't know how many. How many people have failed the CSCS, <laughs> and who were they? That's really kind of an important yeah. question, isn't it? Yeah. How do you fail the CSCS? I'll take it and tell you if I fail. Has <laughs> anybody got it? Anybody in the group got the CSCS? Nobody? Maybe it is real hard. <laughs> <laughs> Anthony, you don't have the CSCS? No, I just have the CPT through NSCA. Yeah, and that was, that was real hard, I wasn't it? I got a 98% I didn't study for it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's, that's, that's about right. Yeah. That's about right. That's just a multiple choice test. You know, it's an automatic thing. Anybody graduates from an ex-phys program, any PE program gets a CSCS, right? Right. Somehow, though, that is the gold standard. Mm -hmm. It's a ticket that PE majors punch. That's what it is. If you want to get it, what the hell? Take a couple hours. Let's get it over with. Get it. Right. I, I don't know what good it will do you but it may be a credential that may be necessary at some point along the way so go ahead and get it over with it's not going to be a big deal right you know uh but uh the the reason we do this coaching credential the way we do it is primarily a reaction to that mm -hmm. Because that is so thoroughly wrong. Right. What we do is, is primarily a reaction to that, that low standard that is somehow still the gold standard. Mm -hmm. Okay. So if you're getting a lot out of your program, good. Mm -hmm. Maybe you're in a good one. I don't know. I'm, I'm not aware of a good one, but right. you know, I, I don't know everything. <laughs> uh, but it, and, and a lot of these kind of things... Uh, depend entirely on the people in the faculty. You know, the right people could turn a shitty curriculum, a low-quality curriculum, into what actually, in effect, is a good program, right? Right. If they know how to do the right things, they're lifters themselves, they understand the value of strength, they're interested in helping you, they give you the right advice, you know, they're not just coming to work every day. 
You know, so it's 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 personnel dependent, as most things are, right? Right. So you know, yeah. Keep going, man. Uh, good good evening, Mark. Uh, enjoyed the seminar. Uh, for the record, I took lots of notes that you stated on Friday. Good, good, good. Uh, two quick questions, which will be short, of course, um, and they'll probably receive a smart-ass answer. Um, well, that's the only <laughs> way I know how to talk. I'm joking, of course. Uh, so, young athletes, uh, you, you, what's your um, recommendation in terms of uh, age to start the program? Well, so that's kind of, kind of one of the – There you go. Somebody had to ask it. Yeah. Jeremy's the guy, man. Well, because the they're starting in middle school and high school and – the program cannot be trained by a six-year-old child because a six-year-old child. Come on, man. Am I answering this correctly? I know. It's... All right. I you, no. Uh, the, the, these exercises can be done by any human being that can stand up. Okay. They can't be trained. According to our definition of training, they can be executed. But they must be approached as play by kids. When kids uh, lose interest in doing them, they shouldn't be forced to do them because that's being a prick to your kids. But if your kids want to go out in the garage with dad and squat, sure. It'd be good for you to try to teach them how to do that. All right? The, the, the primary problem with children doing barbell exercises is that Children are usually very careless about controlling their eccentric descent on everything. You may have noticed this. They fall down into the bottom of the, of the squat. They drop the bar overhead from the press. They drop the bench press on themselves. So they don't, they don't control the eccentric portions very well. If they can be taught to safely lower themselves and execute eccentric movements under control. There's nothing dangerous about any aspect of barbell training for children. But they can't train the lifts until they're at Tanner stage four as a general rule. Uh, quick follow-up okay. question. Follow-up question. Respect for the question. Um, All right. Uh, what is, we discussed nutrition a couple times here and we even told, I think, one of the other lifters to eat more sandwiches. Uh, what is your uh, opinion with regards to, you know, supplementation, um, you know, proteins, aminos, et cetera, in, in conjunction with the, the program? Well, I think that if you've got <laughs> schedule problems and time is tight, you don't have time to shop, that a whey protein supplement is extremely valuable. I think the older you get, a good deal of evidence that indicates that muscle protein synthesis being stimulated by protein feeding, the efficiency of that process becomes less, uh, lowers inefficiency as you get older, so you need better quality protein, more of it. So there are many instances where whey protein is an excellent idea. You know, I don't think, I really, I don't, uh, I don't see that it's really a supplement, it's a food, you know. So if, uh, like for your, your 30-year-old or 20, let's say 20-year-old male, he doesn't need to take additional protein or supplements in into his uh, to his daily diet. No, probably not. If he's drinking a gallon of milk a day, like he's if he's trying to gain weight, okay. if he's eating protein, eating meat, eggs, three or four times a day, he probably does not need a protein supplement because a he's getting enough in his diet because he's eating a lot, and b 
he is much more efficient at utilizing a protein feeding to stimulate muscle protein synthesis. So as the older you get, the more critical this becomes. You know, so I, yeah, I, I think old people need some pro, need some whey protein. I like the way the isolate tastes better than the concentrate. And I buy that now brand, get it on Amazon, get the unflavored, put it in anything. Why uh, all those years ago did you decide to be a coach? I decided to buy the gym. And then it occurred to me that I have to be a coach if I'm going to own the gym. That was it? I, yeah, it's just sometimes shit happens accidentally. <laughs> you know, there was never a master plan for me to be this, the greatest strength coach in the history of the human race. I, <laughs> it just happened. It just happened. <laughs> the geology business was slow, and I just like, fuck, I got to do something. I just buy this gym. I'll just sell some memberships and mow some yards, you know, and it just kind of. As you'll find, most of life is dependent on contingency. <laughs> Shit just happens the way it happens. Pass the microphone. All right, Mike. Um, so most of my life, I um, was pretty unhealthy, sedentary. And about eight years ago, I got into stand-up paddleboarding. And what's that? Stand-up paddleboarding. Exactly how do you like. how so, do you paddle if you're standing up? With a paddle. Oh, paddle. you stand on it. It's with like a, a paddle. A long, it's like a long board, but with a long paddle. Yeah. It's like, it's like a long <laughs> canoe paddle. <laughs> He's mind blown right now. Yeah, I'm trying to visualize this. So this is like a surfboard, but you're standing on it with a paddle. Exactly. Yes. Doesn't that kind of look stupid? Yeah, probably. Yeah. <laughs> I'm trying to visualize this not being stupid looking, and I can't. Well, yeah. Have you ever seen it? <laughs> Really? It's, it's is it stupid looking like I think it is? It's a lot of fun. <laughs> it's actually a lot of fun. Can you fish while you're doing it? Uh, uh, my friends do. I, I race I bet and it is surf. a core workout. It's great for the core. Well, that's that's a selling point for sure. Yeah. Um, so <clears throat> getting into so a paddle boarder paddle... had this gigantic core. Exactly. <laughs> Big you know, hypertrophy I, core. There's definitely not much hy uh, hypertrophy, but uh, there's some soreness. Right. That I would feel. So, so. Um, I found that rolling on a foam roller right. brought some relief after paddling. Right. And um, I woke up this morning. Lifting is new to me. I woke up this right. morning, and the first thing I thought was not that I wanted to come here and lift more, but that I wanted to go and get a massage or roll out. And uh, I was curious, what do you, what are your thoughts on myofacial release? Massage in terms of uh, the benefit to the body and um, my thoughts will be probably not well received. Okay. In the myofascial release community, yeah, you know, all right. Myofascial release can be useful in certain circumstances, certain narrow ranges of circumstances. Uh -huh. Right? If you have learned to associate foam rolling with relief, 
Uh -huh. Then that's an interesting psychological trick that you have played on yourself, and I congratulate you for your ability to adapt <laughs> to adverse circumstances. Okay. Right? Mm -hmm. uh, foam rolling and myofacial release are two completely different things, though, okay. aren't they? Now let's think about why. All right? If I'm going to give somebody an IT band release, what am I going to do? I'm going to I'm going to press in the direction in a in a, I'm going to apply pressure directionally along the length of the tendon, right? Mm -hmm. Now, what kind of force production is that against the structures underneath? There's a shear component, right? What are you doing, you foam roll? Compression. It's just compression. Now, they both hurt real bad. So if you can learn that hurting real bad, and as I previously mentioned, I'm not into that, but if you learn that hurting real bad is therapeutic and make yourself believe that, to the extent that you get one of those foam rolling things with the knobs all on it and shit, <laughs> then... Go ahead and do that. I just don't think that you can demonstrate a therapeutic effect for foam rolling to me. I understand it's real popular and, you know, a lot of big, strong guys like it. Rip those a pussy, man. You know, like foam rolling. <laughs> you know? But uh, I do recognize that there are circumstances where a, a, a directed, shear based kind of, kind of a. Uh, Active release therapy is, is useful, depending on the injury. Mm -hmm. But not just a matter of course during the week. I just don't see how, I don't see the point. Mm -hmm. I don't see the point. Is that helpful? It is. So, Gosh, I hope so. Yeah, so, so don't trick yourself into thinking that something's happening that's not happening. That's not if happening. You, right. if you, exactly, if you, yes. If you do something and you feel better afterwards, do it again. Shit. Cool. There's a bunch of reasons. That's my motto. Mm -hmm. Right, but you know? yeah, do do it again and continue. If you have the time and the money and the, uh, it's not distracting you from important shit like getting strong. Go ahead and do what the fuck you want, you know. But don't don't formulate. What happens is people start doing this and then they start reverse engineering explanations for why this feels awesome. Right. So just be careful with that because it's bullshit in general. As a general rule, all of that kind of therapy is bullshit. As general, there are exceptions, mm -hmm. right? 